to C3 Church Hepburn Heights. We believe Jesus Christ gives life to the full and we are called to live it and share it. We pray you enjoy this message today. Romans 12, 9-21 Love must be without hypocrisy, detest evil and cling to what is good. Show family affection to one another with brotherly love. Outdo one another in showing honour. Do not lack diligence, be fervent in spirit and serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope, be patient in affliction, be persistent in prayer. Share with the saints in their needs, pursue hospitality. Bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Be in agreement with one another. Do not be proud, instead associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own estimation. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Try to do what is honourable in everyone's eyes. If possible, on your part, live at peace with everyone. Friends, do not avenge yourselves. Instead, leave room for his wrath. For it is written, vengeance belongs to me. I will repay, says the Lord. But if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For in so doing, you will be heaping fiery coals on his head. Do not be conquered by evil, but conquer evil with good. Oh, wow. Isn't it lovely to be with friends and family? That is just such a... Such a treat, such a delight. My last words just coming up with to Adrian. Oh no, how big is my hair? Because I caught a reflection. I was like, oh, what? Anyway, this is what it is, people. That's not the focus of today. <laughs> okay, so moving on. Um, it is. A, it really is a delight to be able to share what's on my heart with you today. And I have wrangled and wrestled and been in an agonising state over it. And you will shortly see why. Our um, locating scripture is, of course, um, from Romans 12. And we are starting in Romans 12, 16. This is the New Living Translation. And it says, my dear friends, live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. And don't think you know it all. Boom, right in the guts. <laughs> Sorry, it's that kind of scripture. The King James Version says, be of the same mind. This is in tribute to the Queen. No, it's not. I just thought of that then. Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate, and be not wise in your own conceits. There it goes again. Okay, so um, when I was first asked to share... Um, I'm not going to lie, my first instinct is absolutely to panic. And then I went to the Bible, should have been the other way around, but I'm just being honest before you today. So I read Romans 12, and as I was poring over Romans 12, it was just like Romans 12, 16 had a spotlight on it, and I could not get past it. It was illuminated to me, and I was like, okay, Jesus, that's where I'm going to land. And I almost stopped at that point. It was like, it has to be Romans 12, 16. And to be honest with you, my first thought on that was awesome. (laughs) 
because I'm actually a person who likes harmony. If you um, do personality profiles and things like that, I usually land in the bucket of people who don't want conflict, who will do just about anything possible to avoid it. It is most profoundly dysfunctional. And that is where I go. I love harmony. I love being at peace with people. I want you to like me. I want to like you. And we can all sing Kumbaya together all day long. That is my hope of the world. (laughs) I'm not even kidding. But it didn't take too long before I realised, oh, that is not the biblical harmony that Paul is talking about here. And I was very uncomfortable with that. Because harmony, the harmony that Paul asks, that that the Bible calls us to, is one that um, requires a profound amount of faith. It's one that demands we surrender daily to Jesus. And we cannot do it without the empowering work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. It is not possible. We can do all the placating and the merging and the, yeah, I believe, yeah, great. You have your truth, I have my truth. Excellent. Let's all be friends. But that is not the harmony that the Word of God is calling us to. So straight up, I thought, okay, Lord, um, how do we do this then? You've asked us to. Let's just make sure it's actually what you want. I was like, are you sure? Are you really sure? Yes. Okay. Paul says to the Romans in the chapter before this, Romans 15, 5, May the God who gives you endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude, and this is the same word, harmony of mind toward each other that Christ Jesus had. Burn. To the Corinthians. Now, the Corinthians were not unlike us in the sense that um, that time in that, in that place in the world, there was so much division. There were so many contrasting ideologies. It was like a melting pot of ideas, of cultures, of religions. Everyone thought differently. And often we can make the mistake that think, oh, well, it's 2022 and it's different now. Not really. We just know so much more now because of media and all that. No, the world has been full of disharmony since the get-go. So the word that was applied to the Corinthians applies to us. And it actually says, um, and I love it, he's like, be of the same mind, people. (laughs) Live in peace. And he assures them that if they do so, the God of love and peace will be with them. Paul also pleads with the Ephesians in Ephesians 4.3, make every effort to guard and keep the harmony of the Spirit with one another. This is the Word of God. To his beloved Philippians in chapter 2 verse 5, Paul pours out his heart and beseeches them. One, cons- one um, version says, in the consolation that is in Christ Jesus. Like you can hear the desperation in his language. Um, and the comfort of love and the fellowship of the Spirit, that they would fulfill His joy, that they would be of the same mind, having the same love, being of one accord. This is the Word of God. But what is harmony? Hmm, good question. Because harmony is not that happy little feeling of us all being like, kumbaya. So what is it? What does it mean? Well, in, um, I think it's Gills, it could be Jill's or Gills, Exposition of Romans 12. And almost all the commentaries that I read agreed. 
living in harmony with one another, this is so cool, is not to be understood of the sameness of their judgment or, get cop this, this is so good, or of their agreement in sentiments or espousing the same doctrines, what? Or observing the same ordinances or the same manner or attending to the same form of discipline, but in having the same love and being of the same accord and affection to one another, entertaining the same good opinion or a better of others than themselves. Think of one another as equally interested in the love of God redeemed by the blood of Christ, blessed with the same spiritual blessing in him and called to the same hope of your calling. And do not think of one another as being one richer or wiser than another. Do not value yourselves upon that. It's radically countercultural. Now, this is really good news, this harmony. It's really good news and it's also really hard news at the same time. It's good news because we could actually surrender a notion that the only way that we can live in harmony in this world at the moment is if we agree, if we intellectually land in the same spot on things. We need to surrender that at the foot of the cross because that idea is not biblical harmony and it will actually disrupt your relationships with people. It is not the harmony that God's called us to. But the hard news is this. It's easy to live in harmony with people that we agree with. I want to be around people that agree with what I think. I love being in my echo chamber where I'm like, woohoo, yeah, you agree with me, I agree with you. We are so right. <laughs> and we can just celebrate our rightness. It's just extraordinary and fun and fantastic. But that is once again, we just we literally have to church, get to the point where we go, that is not a biblical expectation to have. We need to lay that down. We need to let that go. Harmony is not you and I agreeing. It is not a political position. And in this world where I'm just going to say some of this stuff, we in the church even land so differently on really key, really key points. Sexuality, gender, family structure, politics, all sorts of different ideology. We can live in harmony with each other, my friends, because we share the same love and affection for one another and we prioritise each other. We don't have to agree. I know it's radical. I'm so sorry. That's why I was like, oh, gosh, Lord, this is a bit tough. But it's just true. It is not merging. It is not being complacent. It is not tolerating. It's love. And we are called to do that. So moving on, how do we start? You know, so we know, okay, we've established it's a call. We are called, make no mistake, to live in harmony. And if we're not, well, we, we need to take that to the Lord. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, but sorry, <laughs> no, you know what I'm saying. Um, we also, so we know we're called to it. We know what it is. We know what it isn't. What about How? Because often I read the Bible and I'm like, yeah, great, great idea. I don't even know what to do about that. I don't know what that means. How do I live that? Well, this is where it gets tough for us people that are apprenticing to Jesus because this is where the rubber hits the road. 
If we want to live in harmony, it's right in the the answer to it. The first step is just in Romans 12, 16, the scripture we just read. Oh, brace yourselves. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be proud. If we want harmony, friends, the harmony that Jesus has called us to, then we need to deal with our pride. The Lord hates pride. We see that all through the scripture. It actually is one of the few things that it says, God hates this. He hates pride. But I think it's not always the reasons we think it is. It's because pride actually blocks us from the will of God in the sense of God is trying to transform us into the likeness of Jesus. That is his goal for our life. When we are full of pride, that doesn't happen. Pride blocks transformation and pride blocks and destroys, slaughters relationships. It literally, you have to see it as the pride in our heart is like getting a knife to our relationships. It is killing it. C.S. Lewis says, There is one vice of which no man in the world is free. A vice which everyone loathes when they see it in someone else. How true is that? And which there are hardly any people who ever imagine they are guilty of it themselves. That is pride. How true is that? Another quote is, pride will kill you forever. Pride is the sin most likely to keep you from crying out for a saviour. Those who think they are well don't look for a doctor. I want to share with you, a, um, to, to kind of consolidate this point, a, a, a picture that I had in prayer a couple of weeks ago is that Renew Prayer. I'm not doing a plug for Renew Prayer, but I am saying this, that I have had the most radical and amazing moments with the Lord during our prayer times here on a Sunday night, because I'm not good at blocking out time and not being distracted. That's the actual truth. And here, um, in, in that hour... God has just done some deep, beautiful work. And, and one of the many pictures, I often get pictures when I pray, was this one that I want to share with you today. I want you to imagine that you are in, well, this is what I saw, a really beautiful gallery space. Okay, so for you, it might be outdoors. It might be on cobblestone paving but it's a vast, vast area, okay? It's huge. And in the centre of this area, right in the middle, is the most glorious, magnificent sculpture you have ever seen. It is beautiful beyond description. And bear with me in trying to imagine that 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 sculpture is, is the Lord Jesus Christ, So it is beyond anything we can describe with our finite words. And all around Jesus are are people, millions of people. So he's like a sculpture in the round and people are, are all around him. And where you end up, right, in that space depends on a whole lot of different things. It depends on the time in history you were born. It depends on your family of origin, your culture, your educational opportunities. It depends, have you or have you not had a life of abuse, of hardship? You will find yourself located differently depending on what life has been for you so far. And it was almost like I had this this knowing that 
we all have a limited view of Jesus. We don't like to admit that. We don't like to say that. But actually, my view of Jesus is not the complete picture. I'm growing toward that. I, I, I trust God to keep revealing more of himself to me, and that's my heart's desire. But I cannot be so foolish as to think that I have even a smidge of the fullness of Jesus Christ packed into my ridiculous little brain. That's an obscene thought. And yet so many of us kind of live in that posture. We think we have a complete view, but we don't. We need to be humble. We need to surrender. Pride says, I see Jesus exactly as he is. And I come, I'm clear, I have no filter, I'm just all over it. And I can just, might not even say it out loud, but I'll just in my brain correct people a lot. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? I do that. I don't want to, but I do. But I just want to say today, church, in this time, it is okay to not have the answers. We don't have the answers for every single thing going on in this world right now. We don't know. We see a fraction and we need to be humble enough to lay down our assumptions, our pride, our opinions, our preferences and humbly look at Jesus and go, Lord, I see you, I can see who you are, but I don't know it all. I don't have it all. So what do we do with this? What do we do with our pride? I think the thing with pride is, and it gets a bad rap, is that it's hard to be humble with a God that you don't fully trust. You know, it's like Pastor M in her message a few weeks ago when she was talking about surrendering, and she said, in view of God's mercy, we can surrender. Otherwise, it's literally an obscene thought, actually. It's sadistical and weird. Humility is much the same. We need to walk with Jesus. We need to know Jesus. We need to know that we are so safe. We are so loved. We are so fully accepted by the Father God if we want to even start to be humble. Because the world says to us in every single, everywhere we look, the world says, prove yourself. Are you really of any value? Well, show me. I don't think so. The world says, have your opinion, shout it out, yell it. You have to be right. Hold on tight because if you don't, you're nothing. You know, and I mean, I am not anti-social media, but social media is really largely one big opinion pride fest in some situations. I mean, that's a, that's a conviction I've kind of had to be like, Claire, what is this about? What are you posting? Why? You know, just being real with that, making it really practical because we can only walk humbly and trust and lay ourselves down when we know that God is working for us, that God, my, my identity is found 100% in, in Jesus Christ. I have nothing to prove and I have only Jesus to please. If I don't know that, I can't be humble. 
because I have to prove that I'm valuable all the time. I ha- I'm, I'm at war with myself over that. It's in Jesus, the safety of the Father, the embrace of his love, that we can truly be humble. We can't do it alone. It's from walking with Jesus. In the pursuit of harmony, friends, we need to welcome the daily diagnosis of pride in our heart. It can't be once. Like, oh, I dealt with pride back in 2002. It just isn't like that. It's kind of like, sorry, but it's like food. We need to eat it all the time. Pride is the same. It just lurks. It just nips at our heels all the time because it looks different on everyone. It's not all big boasty people. It's, it can be very silent and subtle and covert. And we can't judge it in others because it'll look different on you than it does on me. I have no business judging pride in you. God is convicting me of the pride and what it looks like in me is different to what it will look like in you. So our pride, let's just, let's just go there. Let's just, let's just be people that just say, yeah, it's a problem. I've got it. But God is so beautiful and kind and good and faithful and he can help me deal with it as many times as I require. It's an unlimited amount of times and that's okay. Sorry. So, recap. We are called to harmony. We know that it is an attitude, a posture of affection, of love, of mutual upholding. We know that we don't have to agree with each other. We know that... The antithesis to harmony is going to start with pride in our hearts. So how do we, friends, then take this further and be practitioners of harmony in our world? It needs to be more than just, yep, in my heart. How do I, how do I live this? Well, this is where it's another, it's another, you know. Romans 12, 16, live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people and don't think you know it all. I've already said this a little bit. We've already touched on that, but we don't. We don't know it all. When I consider that script, um, that, that sculpture again, Jesus in the centre, you know, friends, we are in a body, right? That's, that's the phrase that, that the scriptures use to describe the church. We're in a body because we actually need each other. I need you to speak out, to witness and declare the view of Jesus that you have. I need to learn from you. We need each other in the body of Christ. We need people to testify to the faithfulness of God that they know for sure in their hearts. Because my journey is limited and small. I want to look across the room in that gallery and I want to see the reflection of Jesus Christ on another person. You, we all have a part in this. We don't know it all. Learn from others. And what does not knowing it all look like? What can we do? It looks like being slow to judge. Jesus himself said in Matthew 7, don't judge 
or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plaque in your own? What's really interesting is, and growing up in church, is that when that scripture's um, being used, then there'll be a little bit of a bristle and a bit of a will. I'm sorry, I'm being so real here today, but there'll be a bit of a like, oh, excuse me, we are. We are called to judge because in other parts of the Bible it says judge. And no, you know what I'm saying? Like that is a thing. We're like, wait a minute. Okay. And I, but you know what? As with a lot of the scripture, there's one English word for multiple Greek words. This judge that the Lord is telling us not to do is to decide, to condemn, and punish. The judgment we are instructed to do as Christians is about discerning. We are called to discern and pray. It is about investigating. So we are to learn. And there's one more word which I have has gone from my brain. Um, I'm so sorry. I, ha- I had to have a moment of this. I had to have a moment. Anyway, it's gone. It's gone. But that's the, that's the thing. It is... It's a different posture. It's a thank you, no judgment. It's a different posture of the heart. Okay? There is nowhere in scripture where Christians are called to condemn. There's nowhere in scripture we are called to decide the fate of another person based on their decisions. We are called to discern, to pray, to get into our our um, place of prayer, and when we're confused and we don't know, we seek God's wisdom and help. That's what we're called to do, but never to condemn. Never. It's a tough one. And I think the enemy wants us to, mainly because it discredits the gospel. Because in John 13, 35, Jesus says, your love for one another, that display of love, will prove to the world that you are my disciples. The evidence of the Lord's love alive in our heart is actually how we love, how we live in harmony. So friends, let's slow down when it comes to judging. Especially in this time where beautiful, precious people are lost are confused, are looking for answers. Beloved, people beloved of Christ, let's slow down. Let's ask ourselves, I wonder what brought that person to arrive in that part of that space? What, what led to that behaviour, to that situation? Slow. And to the pride Let's ask ourselves, what does my reaction reveal about me? Why am I triggered by this? Am I afraid of something? Am I afraid that the Lord can't handle that? Am I scared? Let's be slow. Let's be slow to judge. To finish off, Another picture I had in prayer. I was down here and that song, Build 
um, Build Your Church was playing. And I had, um, I was just, you know, praying, and all of a sudden, just on my right, in my, in my mind's eye, there was a, a glorious castle, a glass castle that was magnificent, so beautiful. And I was kind of like mesmerized by it. And I almost, I felt like the Holy Spirit just be like, no, Claire, just move my chin and look over here. And over here on, on my left was this messy, rubbly, like dusty, grey altar. And it was made of all these stones that didn't quite fit together. It was not a masterpiece. It was like there were little bits of like um, just little chips of, of stone and it was, just, it was just not attractive really at all. But the Lord just put on my heart really clearly, Claire, that's the church. And I was like, whoa, Lord, that is not looking super good. <laughs> but it was a picture of harmony. It was misshaped people, jagged edges, all of us in our imperfections coming together to form a place of surrender to form an altar. And do you know what was really fascinating in this picture that I had was people that didn't know Jesus were walking straight past that castle, straight past it, and were so curious about this messy, dusty altar. And it was like the Lord said, Claire, People are not impressed by beautiful, put-together, amazing things. That is not what people need. But people are looking for the church of God to be kind. I know, just kindness. To be gracious, to be welcoming, to be including. And people were just walking up, not because it looked beautiful, but because it was so radically different from what the world was offering. It was so radically different. So friends, that's my heart today to share. Not an easy thing. But something that with the grace and mercy and power of the Holy Spirit that we are called to live in, we can do. We can agree as a church, oh, and as individuals, Lord, I'm going to lay down that pride and I'm going to do it momentarily if that's what it takes. And we can be slow to judge and welcome people into this beautiful church, the bride. Thanks so much for joining us here on our podcast. We encourage you to let this word further help you live and share the life to the full that Jesus gives. If you want to check out more about our upcoming events, service times, locations, or to give online, go to c3hh.com.au.